You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Hello, and welcome back to the Future of Building Maintenance and the Mission Matters Podcast Network. I'm your host, Derek E. Moore, and I'm the president and CEO of Building Maintenance of Tomorrow. And today on our show, we have as a guest, Tanya Deriska, MBA and president of Deriska Research Consulting, LLC. And before we get started, let's have our Mission Matters Minute. Our mission is to identify and engage with entrepreneurs and business professionals, clients and friends that want to make an impact in our society and that also can embrace our core values, which are leading by faith, making a difference, making money while staying positive and all that we aspire to do. Because when we achieve these four things, there's nothing we can't accomplish. How are you doing today, Tanya? Hey, Derek. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Doing awesome. Thank you for joining us today. This is great. We had a little bit of a conversation before the podcast. I was like, let's start recording because she, she's going to some dimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> because about we're some great friends, we just like jump right into it. Thank All you right. so much jump for right having into me. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Yeah, so I kind of talked about my core values and what mission matters to me. So what mission matters to you? I guess what really matters to me is, you know, contributing to my community, leaving a legacy for my family, and actually making a difference in business, like exposing people who typically wouldn't have access to certain lines of business, exposing those individuals to what I have to offer. Biomedical research has, you know, historically been a very difficult field for minorities to sure. enter into. You know, I've been in it for 20 something, something years. <laughs> 20 know? something years and everything. That's right. oh, I know, but, but you know what? I know from knowing you, I know you're going to be successful in anything that you do because that's the type of person you are and you always bring your A-game to the table. And you've been such an influence and made it such an impact in your business life, personal life, and society. I hear that they wanted you in a public office in your local city and everything. Absolutely. And um, I understand from some of the conversations we've had, you were considering it, did a little bit of due diligence and found out that that wasn't the direction you wanted to go. Do so you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I was super excited to serve and support my community. I'm always an advocate of that. And so last year, I was appointed to the Human Relations Diversity Board here in Ocoee, Florida. And the the mission of that board, it was really to expose diverse cultures and communities to our community. Sure. Um, you know, Ocoee has a history of some pretty, you know, terrible things that have happened as far as race is considered. Sure. And, you know, especially with the black community. And okay. so and where is the at or in relationship to the other big cities in Florida? It's in central Florida. It's about, you know, 20 minutes outside of downtown Orlando. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And so, you know, with the history, I, I grew up here, went to high school here and everything. And we always heard, oh, don't be caught in a Koei, you know, after dark, you know, oh, that wow. whole sundown town type of, you know, 
verbiage that people put out there, they, you know, they, they will tell you, Hey, this isn't where you want to be caught. Right. It's not good for you. And, you know, I never knew why I never asked why they say, stay out. I'm not going to be there. Right. And so, you know, so when I was asked to join the, the human relations diversity board, I found out why. I found out why real quick. (laughs) Yes. I found out that in 1920, there was basically the Okoye massacre in which 1920 was the first time that black men had the right to vote. And so black men in Okoye were exercising their right to vote and they were lynched for doing so. And not only were those men lynched, every black family that lived in Okoye was run out of the city. Their homes were burned, their businesses were burned. And there were, you know, the very next day after, you know, the date that they were trying to vote, there was not one black resident remaining in Okoye. Wow. That's a major, major, a deep history. Yeah. Yes. So with that history, you know, Okoye, it's a hundred years later and Okoye still kind of dealing with this. So Joining the Human Relations Diversity Board, I was very excited to do that. I wanted to change the narrative of what Akoi means. And, you know, and I've lived here, I've lived in Akoi for since 2015. And, and it's a wonderful place to live. And it is has become more diverse. It's very diverse. There's all ethnicities here. And joining that board was a way for me to be really involved in, in changing that narrative and changing sure you know, what people think about a koi. But I tell you, it was just difficult. (laughs) It was hard. It was hard dealing with, with, there were so many people who don't want change, who don't want, you know, they want, they don't necessarily want that narrative, but they don't want to discuss the massacre. They don't want to take responsibility any longer. They just kind of want it to go away kind of thing. And when you, you know, when you're a city that's got that type of history, it's not, I'm going to do this one thing and then it's going to be over. (laughs) You know, you have to consistently reassure your residents that this is not what we're about anymore. And we're going to continue to do the things that are required until people understand that this is a friendly place and all are welcome. And yeah, it was a struggle the whole year, just trying to get people to participate, trying to get our word out, trying to get the city council to be on our side and support the initiatives that we were trying to implement. And so, you know, they came to me last year while I was, you know, this is my first year being appointed to the board. And uh, one of the city councilmen is is retiring. And they were like, hey, we think you would be a, a good fit for this, you know, position. Right. We think we think you could really make change. You know, Mm -hmm. we've seen what you've done with with the board so far. And we really think that you could, you know, do well in this role. And I thought about it all year. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about it all year. And I just couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't make the decision to do that. I had some health issues happen last year and I had to Mm -hmm. ask myself, is that really worth the amount of stress that it is going to cause me, right? Right. Is Anyone it, that gets into politics definitely needs to be, have a, a thick layer of skin and be be built for it because it can yeah. affect your health. It can affect a lot of different things. And and right. I just commend you for you know 
being putting yourself in that position and being able to make the impact that you have to be uh, considered for that type of uh, that position. That, that's great. Thank you. And the one thing I recognized is I don't necessarily have to hold the position in order to continue to do that. Right, I can exactly. still I can still volunteer. I can still support my community. I'm very sure. close friends with one of the gentlemen who is the CEO and president of the it's the national what is it called Horizon National Horizon it's a, an association for Indians and they do all of these type of events and Harry Singh and I are very close friends and I can support okay. him wholeheartedly without necessarily having to hold that position Oh, that right. Position. right. And right. and other, you know, and others in the community, you know, and so I'm going to continue to do that without the politics, without, you know, all this. It, it was pretty significant. Right. Exactly. And I understand why you want to keep your sanity. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know the little and, that uh, I have. Yes. I'd exactly. Because, like uh, you know, joining right. city commissions and, you know, getting involved with all of the stuff that came behind it yeah. but you know, years and years ago is a lot is a lot yeah. and you have to be built a certain way to actually you know make the changes that yeah. you want to make so i encourage you to continue to do what you're doing you're still making an impact in your community by the work that you are doing in the community side but let's talk about uh, what you do for a living and your, your company yeah i am Biomedical research. So how long have you been in this in this industry? So I originally got into this industry in 1999, 2000. Okay. And so I was working for a data storage records management company, which one of the hospitals was my account. And I had a background in accounting and they approached me and said, Hey, we really, you know, we like the way you handle our accounts. We really are looking for somebody who can come in and actually, you know, bring this accounting background. And they were like, but it's the research department. And I was like, I don't know anything about research, (laughs) right? Nothing at all. And they were like, just bring your accounting and we will teach you everything research. And that's what I did. And I worked in that setting for about 10 years. And then opened my own business in 20, 2005, between 2005, 2007. I was kind of doing both roles. Sure. And then, you know, shortly thereafter left, there was a, there was a big exodus of a, of some doctors leaving the hospital, leaving the environment that we were in. And they basically said, Hey, you've been managing our clinical trials for all these years. If you leave and start your own business, we will become your customers. And that's what my partner and I did. And we managed that business until 2017. Okay. And in 2017, <laughs> that's when we met Derek. 2017, yeah. I had a client out in California and uh, my business partner and I decided to separate and I opened Deriska Research Consulting. And okay. been going so, so how was that? How was that split? Was Do you think that that was... The best thing that could have happened going independent, you know, in relationship to having a partner? Absolutely. Absolutely. It worked out just the way that needed to work out because, like I said, my background has always been financial and her background was clinical. 
And so for us to work closely together for those years, it really gave me a lot of insight into the clinical component. And so when I, when it was time, you know, she wanted to go back into the working for in corporate America, working for someone. And I, you know, I encouraged her to do that if that's what she wanted to do. And, but then that required me to do the clinical component as well. And so having had her by my side all those years, it really helped me know what I needed to do going forward. Sure. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been great. I actually, you know, have someone who does her role right now that I work very closely with and we're going, you know, full steam ahead. It's, it's, it's awesome. That's great. So how big and, is your team? How many people do you have working with you? We have eight employees okay. and we work all over the country, right? Sure. So my daughter joined the company in 2018 and she is now a research coordinator. She's getting her master's at UCF in research administration. Okay. And hopefully, you know, she'll be taking over this thing. Right, right? exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Generational wealth, you pass it down, right? Absolutely. But one of the things that I noticed, you know, a big difference from when I started to now is there is a big push in the research community for diversity and inclusion. Okay, right. Um, you know, back in the day, we didn't get a lot of minorities in our research studies, whether they were with the hospital or the individual physician practices that we were working with. And it was the same old people always getting the invite, always doing the trials. We didn't see Black doctors or Black principal investigators running these trials. Today, they contact me directly saying, hey, we want my, more minorities to participate in these trials, not only the patients, but we want the minority principal investigators as well, okay. right? And that's significant, right? Sure. That they really want these different cultures and different ethnicities to actually have a role. As a matter of fact, the FDA just put out a mandate. And I think this probably has to do a lot with covid Mm-hmm. You know, the disproportionate way minorities were affected by COVID. Sure. The reason for that is because minorities were not participating in research trials. Right. Research okay. trials is how new drugs get on the market. Right. If you and your demographic are not participating, then we cannot formulate new drugs, new therapies, new treatments to service you. Oh, wow. Right. We need you and your ethnicities and your 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 demographic to participate in these trials so we can collect data on these trials and know how to formulate medicines to best serve you and your demographic. And your demographic in your community. Okay. That's great. That's great. So So who is, who is your client? Who would be a great person to partner with and how could you helping with your services in your company? So I work directly with individual physician practices or hospitals. Right. So basically, I have physicians in my network, all different therapeutic indications, you know, gastroenterology, dermatology, pulmonology, endocrinology, all different indications, oncology. And so they have their own practices and they have their own patient databases. The pharmaceutical companies come to me and they say, hey, Tanya, we've got a new clinical trial that is testing the safety and efficacy of this new diabetes drug. We think it's going to help people better manage their diabetes. Mm -hmm. Do you have any doctors who have diabetic patients that they could enroll in this trial? 
Okay. And so then I reach out to my endocrinologist and say, hey, we're looking for patients 18 to, you know, 75, and they've got to have X, Y, and Z. Do you have this patient population? Sure. If they say yes, then we run the trial at that site. And typically that consists of, you know, maybe five visits. They, you know, treat have an appointment, one visit every, you know, week or so. And they give them the drug and then test their blood or urine or whatever the protocol indicates to see if it's helping them better manage whatever their disease process is. Sure, sure. And with your trials, are they voluntary trials or are they paid trials or a little bit of both? Or how does it work? All the clinical trials are volunteer only. Okay. And But we do compensate the participants for their time and travel. Okay. And and sometimes it can be pretty significant. You know, we want to make sure that we're, you know, that we're letting them, letting these volunteers know that we value their time. Sure, absolutely. And h- how do you get funding from for that? And how do you go after funders to to help you with your research? We do more industry sponsored trials. Oh, okay, right? great. So the pharmaceutical companies, Pfizer, Merck, Eli Lilly, you know, they're coming directly to us and saying. We will pay you X amount of dollars per patient to enroll each patient into this trial. Okay, you wonderful. enroll them and complete those five visits, we will pay you, you know, twenty thousand dollars sure, per patient sure. that you enroll and complete in this trial. All right, very good. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on building such a great organization and a great a great company to help your community. And that goes into my last question of why biomedical research is so important to the people in the community. Absolutely. Because I think if anything, COVID showed us that, you know, especially in our communities, the African-American communities, that our uh, health being managed appropriately is number one. It's paramount because anything could come down the, you know, come down the pike and we need to be prepared for that. We need to make sure that we're taking ownership of our health care in our own hands. And the way to do that is working with your physicians and making sure that you're getting the best treatments, right? Okay, right. Our communities need to develop these best treatments. And the way to do that is through clinical research, right? Anybody can participate in a clinical research trial, anyone. And we desperately, the research environment, the research, the folks who are conducting research, we desperately need you know, all different ethnicities, not just African-Americans, but we need the Asian community. We need the Latino community. We need we need everybody, the Native American communities. We need everybody to participate because that's the only way we can ensure that the drugs that we're putting out on the market is going to work in your specific demographic. Oh, great. Well, that makes sense. Well, well thank you for all your hard work and, and congratulations on hey. your thriving company and keep up the great work. I know once, like you said, there are a lot of things that are missing in our community and this is one of them. And we need to make sure that we continually put ourselves in position to get the best medical care and be involved in the due diligence of medicines that will help our community. Because a lot of people maybe don't like to go to the doctor or don't like to take medicines because they think, oh, this is not for me or this is not going to help me. But when we do participate in these clinical trials, we can say, okay, you are part of this research. We know that it will help you. And this is why it's so important to stay involved. 
So uh, I appreciate that message that you continue yeah. to put out to the community. Yeah. And we don't need anyone to come in and help us, right? We This is a way we can help ourselves. Right. The, the doctors within the communities, they run their own trials and they have, they preside over their own patient population throughout the life of the trial, sure. right? You have to participate in order to provide your community and your patients with that access. I'm definitely, I'm excited because I went up to New Jersey and I met this community of Nigerian doctors who had never participated in research. They had a whole network of doctors and I have now onboarded them in our program. And I've never had a Nigerian physician in my program, ever. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's great. Well, that, see, breaking barriers, breaking barriers. That's wonderful. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And continued success to continue success. Well, do you have anything, any last words for the listeners before we close? No, I think I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. You know, if anybody is interested in hearing about our research network, please feel free to contact me directly. My website is www.researchdrc.com or you can call me directly. My phone number is 407-963-9683. I'm always available. Okay. I am my business, evidently. Sure, absolutely. (laughs) You know, any ethnicity, any community, anybody who's interested, I'm here to be an advocate for you. So. Well, absolutely. We'll make sure we'll put that information on the description under this podcast so people can get in touch with you. So thank you for sharing your contact information. And I'd like to also thank the listeners for listening to the Future of Building Maintenance podcast. I'm your host, Derek E. Moore. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And you can also visit us on our website at www.bmotw.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn and all social media platforms under my name, Derek E. Moore, that's D-E-R-E-C-K, or my company name, Building Maintenance of Tomorrow. And on that note, I just want to thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you on the next podcast episode. Have a great day or evening, and God bless. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.